Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hola, familia. Today is episode number 51, The Compost Dump. I came home the other day to a giant pile of compost, and I've got that in quotes, sticking out into the street and across the sidewalk of my next-door neighbor's yard. This is something that I have seen happening all spring long all over my neighborhood. The good news, I guess, is that my poor unsuspecting neighbors somehow know that compost is good. The bad news is that the compost that they are buying is toxic junk that is sourced from tainted green waste that comes from all over my town. It's like half-baked composted green waste from green bin recycling that has all of this sprayed, sprinkled green rubbish that gets dropped off at the green waste recycling plant or dump site, the dump, to be magically transformed into, in quotes again, garden compost. How? How do you take stuff that's been sprayed with fertilizer and pesticides and fungicides and make it garden compost? I'm a composter. I don't even know how to do that one. That's an amazing trick. So am I the only person looking out in the neighborhood and seeing those big piles of the dump and say to myself, what is in that heaping helping of goodness? Okay. I mean, come on. It's waste, and waste is defined as unusable remains, material that's not wanted, or byproducts of something. It's a good definition, not wanted, yep, I'm there, I don't want it. But the problem is this, there's this whole movement, you know, where every city is going to tell you how to compost, how to garden green, how to buy compost because it's going to help the soil and it's going to take stuff out of the the green recycling program that that we need to get out there and get it out of the waste stream and it's going to fix your yard and fix your garden you're going to be a superhero well that's great but the problem is this the experts the people the bad scientist and the even the master gardeners, sorry, master gardeners, you're not immune from this one because you're getting your information from bad science. And I'm not one of those people who just believe science is religion. I believe science is science. I believe science is study. I believe that science is it's experimentation. It's observation. It's testing against theories. Science is not, as we use it, science. It just is. It's observation. It's been going on forever. It's a study, not an absolute. And here's the problem. You got people that are telling you, buy the city waste compost. Buy this compost. It's going to help your soil. It's going to take stuff out of the waste stream. And it's good. You're good. You're being good. It's amazing. Don't worry about the glyphosate, the altrazine, the methoxychlor in there. We're handling that. We've got you covered. Don't need to worry about that. It's good. It's good. It's good. Well, I guess the issue is that not enough of us are composting. So as I always say, compost at home. 
The other thing I realize is that most people don't know you don't need a lot of good compost. If you got good finished compost and you make great compost at home, you don't need a lot. You certainly don't need a 12 foot high dump out in my driveway or in my neighbor's driveway or into the street. You don't need it. So I just saw my neighbor's teenage son and his buddy taking wheelbarrows full of that fabulous stuff down their garden path into the backyard. Well, <laughs> the good news for them, they've only got about 600 more loads to go. So, I don't know what you're doing next weekend, but hopefully, after you listen to this episode and share it with your neighbors, none of you are going to be a victim of the compost dump. I saw green, you swear that garden's growing in there. And how I'd wish to be among the vegetation. Break my back, the harvest even. Your candid fleeting glances. Getting lost for hours. Tangled in your branches. I want for nothing but the Hi, healthy gardeners. I, too, have been a victim of the dump. I remember when I first started gardening that I took a class at a local community garden where we could each have our own plot of land and grow our own food. The teacher ordered city compost, which was more like mulch because it had large pieces of wood still not composted. I didn't know, though, back then. The dump was made in the parking lot of this high school where we all parked. After we all planted our seedlings, he told us to add four to five inches of this compost on top of our beds and around our seedlings. Well, our veggies grew fine, but I had no idea that what I was doing was adding toxins to my plot, my plants, and ultimately my body. My first harvest was a bunch of arugula, and I was so proud of it. I rushed it home, took a picture of it on the balcony, made a salad of it, and ate it all. Sometimes we don't know what we're putting into our bodies, but when we finally learn, we need to stop and take a different path. Most of us know, well, practically everyone on earth, at least in the U.S., has heard the phrase, take it to the dump, or I'm going to take it to the dump. Well, exactly, what is the dump? And how did it become such a big part of our modern lifestyle? And I do mean big. The Texas-based company Waste Management Incorporated made revenue of $19.7 billion last year. Wow. Holy dump a mole. That is enough cash to fill the entire state of Texas. The global waste management revenue for 2022 was $1.3 trillion. That's big dough. Or as I'm now going to call them, big waste or big trash. Or maybe for this show, big dump. 
Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm a generator of trash, recyclables, and green waste, just like everybody else. So I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression or have you thinking that I'm a garbage, recycling, or green waste saint. I have not been knighted or canonized as the titan of trash, the rector of recycling, or the guru of green waste. No, I'm just a regular guy who tries to be aware, awake to some of the things that are going on in our world. And trash and recycling definitely fall into that category. So, at home we recycle, we put the right stuff in the right bins, and we compost. Those are the things that we can do in our home, as well as be aware of the level of consumerism that we partake in. Most of us moderners have too much stuff. We just went to an all-weekend garage sale in a neighborhood a couple of weeks back, and it was pretty fun. It was It was awesome, actually. It had maps from local retailers, all kinds of signs. Some were scribbled. There was some store-bought ones. There was like the big snazzy Kinko Deluxe billboards. All that hailed weekend, neighborhood, garage sale. It was a real neighborhood deal. Like we don't go to a lot of those things, but this thing really was. We probably hit like 30 of the 50 or so houses on the map. And garage sales are a good way to recycle repurpose, reallocate your stuff. We did get a find on a compost pitchfork and a bunch of very cool pots and containers for 35 bucks. We couldn't have bought one of those for that price. And we didn't just stick them out in the garage or dump them in the backyard when we got home. We actually planted them yesterday and they look amazing if I must say so myself. The front entry of our place is much better for the fact that our neighborhood recycled some of its treasure through a community garage sale. By the way, if you don't ask, you might not score. Norma told the lady at our last stop that we were looking for pottery. She smiled at her and, follow me out back. I just might have some pottery for you. We took home seven gorgeous pots that really stand out in our entry. So don't be shy. As Mr. Depressing Morrissey once sang, Shyness is nice, but shyness will stop you from doing all the things in life you like to. (laughs) So back to the matter at hand, the big dump. I went out to the source of the waste giant, waste management, to look up what their take is on waste, recycling, and greens. Here's what I gleaned from their website. First off, they have a pretty decent website with tabs like what's garbage, what's recyclable, and what's green waste. I'm always more interested in green waste, so let's pull up that tab and see what we see. Okay, what's green waste? All meat, bones, dairy, and eggshells. Bread, rice, beans, and pasta. Coffee grounds, filters... Tea leaves and bags. Food-soiled paper containers. We're talking about green waste or recycling here. Fruits, vegetables, and leftovers. Okay. Paper towels, plates, napkins, and cups. Shredded paper contained in paper bags. Waxed paper cartons. Milk, ice cream, juice, etc. And yard trimmings. Oh, here's actual green waste. Branches and twigs, flowers, weeds, and roots, leaves, grass, plants, clip, and plant clippings, uncoated wood chips. Well, yippee yo that's not quite the same list I have for green waste. 
They continue. What is not green waste? Cactus or palm branches? Why not? Glass, metal, aluminum, plastic bags, flower pots, rocks, dirt, and concrete, treated or coated wood that's painted, stained, or oiled. Well, all righty then. Now we're getting somewhere. I think this is one reason why people are so confused by what is and what is not green waste. If the biggest waste companies in the world don't know or don't know what green waste means, Houston, we have a problem. So let's go back a little to see where the confusion may have started and when did man's obsession with trash begin. To help us out, I pulled up a fabulous little piece from the Solid Waste Authority titled The History of Garbage. Dun, 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 Trumpets, please. People who lived during prehistoric times usually lived together in small groups and would travel across the land very often. Their garbage was thrown directly on the land. Since they did not stay in one place for a long time, the garbage was not a problem. In early civilizations, there was no garbage collection. People left gar garbage on the floor of their homes. <laughs> Sometimes it was even thrown out in the roadway or the rivers. The Egyptians <laughs> threw garbage in the Nile River. Can you imagine what that river looked like? Yeah, I live in Portland. But about 500 B.C., the Greek people built the first dump-style area for garbage. Yay, Greece! The Greeks established a law that required garbage to be thrown away at least one mile away from the city walls. They also established a law that made it illegal to throw their garbage on the streets. Man, I need those guys to come back to Portland. During the Middle Ages, civilizations became populated more populated. Most people threw garbage into the streets again. Pigs walked freely down the street eating the garbage. There weren't any garbage trucks that came and picked up the garbage. It was not very healthy to leave rotting food and other garbage in the streets. Insects, rats, and other animals would go into the streets to eat the food. In fact, the rats spread a disease known as the bubonic plague that killed thousands and thousands of people. In the late 1700s, Ben Franklin started the first garbage collection service and street cleaning service. Also, during this time, people began digging holes and burying their garbage in their own backyard rather than throw it into the street. As a result, there was less garbage on the streets and health conditions improved. In England during the 1800s, garbage was burned. During the early 1900s in the United States, garbage was placed in a dump or placed in the ocean. <laughs> Rivers or it was burned. During the middle of the 1900s, garbage was placed in sanitary landfills, which are more environmentally friendly. In Palm Beach County, your garbage is burned and used to make electricity. Then the ashes that remain from the burning process are placed in the landfill. Well, guys, I think that little piece says it all in a very simple seventh grade way. But the common denominator I see here is mankind, the human race. We trash places. I'm going to end this segment with more from Big. Organics recycling. Waste management is turning leftover food and yard trimmings into materials that positively impact the environment and, more importantly, the economy. More than one-third of food goes uneaten around the world. 
In the United States alone, 60 million tons of food is wasted annually at a cost of over $160 million. That's why it's imperative we find solutions to manage this organic material. Waste management is doing just that by implementing programs and new technologies to turn food and yard waste into resources. On the bottom of the organic page are these slogans. Composting diverts organic material away from landfills and into facilities where it can be put to use. And composted organic material enriches soil with nutrients. There you have it, gang. The problem is misinformation. We're going to break down the types of compost for you and what to be aware of next. Hi, healthy gardeners. If you're getting your dump from a soil yard, be careful. Make sure you test that soil for metals. My question always is, where are they getting that soil from at the soil yards? I've tested a lot of soil for clients, and you would be surprised at the high levels we've seen. So please do your research, test your soil, and always ask, where are they getting it from? going to get right to the point about the dump, the compost dump. First off, did you catch all of those things that they are saying that we can categorize as green waste? Some of it we can and some of it we can't. But that's not really what's important to the overall picture of health and well-being in our yards, in the soil, and in our bodies. The point is that the industry an entire multi-billion dollar industry has it all wrong when it comes to organics. I think that it all comes down to words and the manipulation of language. I've given this definition before, but let's dive in a little deeper. From Merriam-Webster and how they define organic as an adjective, one, of relating to, yielding, or involving the use of food produced with the use of feed or fertilizer of plant or animal origin without employment of chemically formulated fertilizers, growth stimulants, antibiotics, or pesticides. Two, 
of relating to or derived from living organisms. Then in B, number one, relating to being or dealt with by a branch of chemistry concerned with the carbon compounds of living beings and most other carbon compounds, and two, of relating to or containing carbon compounds. Then, as a noun, organic is defined as an organic substance such as a fertilizer of plant or animal origin, b, a pesticide whose active component is an organic compound or a mixture of organic compounds, or c, food produced by organic farming. I think that's the key to me. Words, vocabulary, origin, context are important. If we don't understand these things, we will lose them. We don't change or alter the meanings of words from their roots to make them fit into our world or some future world. We keep them intact for man to follow his unique journey of vocabulary. That's why I'm constantly reading to you definitions. That's it. This is the bottom line as to why people, especially gardeners, do not have any idea what organic is. None of the definitions include origin, derivation, where something comes from. We are told this is organic and what this means, and we just take it at face value. Incorrecto, friends. Always question. Always dive deep because that is what we must do if we as truth seekers and healthy gardeners are going to hit pay dirt. We seek the truth. Not one of those definitions or any of the mumbo-jumbo coming from the jumbotron of big ways tells us that for something to be organic, real organic, healthy garden lifestyle and podcast organic, it has to come from a clean, natural, 100% real organic source without any chemical or synthetic compounds in it. Is the food going into the big dump waste stream organic? No. Does it come as a mixture of conventional ag and organic ag waste? Yes. Well, then how can it be organic? This goes for the leaf and litter green waste. The dump that I had to smell at my neighbors this weekend while they moved it in and out of their garden. Trust me, it was a gift that kept on giving. I had to close the windows, especially when Big Daddy, my neighbor, brought out the big 40-horsepower gas blower to blow any remnants of his dump off the sidewalk and street. How considerate. So, is my neighbor next door's compost organic? It came from living organisms, and it did somehow relate to containing carbon compounds. Yeah, well, does that account for more than half and I'm being generous here, of the waste picked up in the green waste bins in my neighborhood being loaded with fertilizer, pesticide, and herbicide-laced green waste that is toxic? He had his poor high schooler and a friend moving that stuff in a wheelbarrow all day long in and out of that yard. Now, what's in your favorite compost? Anybody use mushroom compost? Where are they generally sourcing the material the fungi are growing in? Usually it comes from chicken litter or poultry litter, as the poultry industry experts like to call it. What's in all that goodness, you ask? Well, poultry litter or broiler litter is a mixture of poultry 
excretia, spilled feed, feathers, and material used as bedding in poultry operations. And all you folks know that they spray down the chicken cages with pesticides like permethrin, 7, Raybon, and Ravap to control poultry insect pests. Well played, poultry industry. Oh yeah, that still doesn't account for the GMO feedstocks in the food those poor birds are eating. The GMO corn, soy, alfalfa, and wheat products that are in their feed. Did I mention on the show yet, like I have a million times on our other shows, well wait, not a million times, maybe a hundred thousand times, that GMO crops are sprayed with glyphosate. They're Roundup ready, and that poison gets into the chicken's organs, bloodstream, skin, and feathers. Plus that gets into green, leafy vegetables that we, humans, eat. Okay, so mushroom compost is out. Chicken manure compost, obviously from what I just said, out. Cow manure compost, out, unless it's real organic, 100% organically fed, organic dairy cows. If, it's that, if that's the case, in. Steer manure. Come on, please don't even ask. I feel so bad for those steer. They live a terrible life and are fed horrible food and are slaughtered, murdered in the most vicious and barbaric way. Say a prayer for the meat industry because they need it, and the cows really need it. That leaves us with green waste. Out, unless you made it at home or have a friend with a real 100% organic farm with 100% organic green inputs. So the moral of the story, make compost at home. Buy only real 100% farm-made organic non-GMO compost if you can find it. And use it in very small amounts, like an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch with frequency. Start making compost tea extracts in your garden and use them with frequency also, like every 30 days. That's it, folks, except for worm compost or vermicompost. Or as my friends in Germany say, vermicompost. Make that at home, too. Please share this podcast with a friend or 10. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, and a bunch of other podcast platforms. Our new website for the Healthy Garden Lifestyle is coming with classes, books, consulting, and YouTube videos. We'll keep you posted on that. For now, avoid the dump, the compost dump. It'll give you nothing but a heartache or heartburn, and I hope not heart failure. See you next week, mis amigos y amigas. Happy gardening, y'all. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.